0: Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who know the actual character names in Mary Kate Nashley movies other than Mary Kate Nashley.
1: I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo also known as Two Pink Pictures, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to
0: explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are?
1: Today, we are talking about the much-anticipated from us, <laughs> Mary-Kate and Ashley film, 1998's Billboard Dad.
0: Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen are back
2: in their ultimate California adventure.
0: Well,
1: to the
2: Waiting at the beach, hanging by the pool.
0: He's a hunk of sorus.
2: And finding a dream date for their single
0: dad. A personal ad on a billboard? The whole city would see it.
1: It's matchmaking the way only the Olsons can do it. Very hip, very now, very. Cutting edge. Don't miss the fun. Don't miss the excitement. Don't miss the laughs.
0: I'm liking this. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen star in their most awesome movie ever. That's so cool. Billboard Dad. Yes, I cannot express enough how excited I have been to do Billboard Dad. It's one of those movies that really puts the collective unconscious in the sleepover (laughs) cinema title for me. But before we get into talking about the movie this week, Audrey, what do we
1: have to do? So, of course, we've got to do our hot take of the week. And this week, it comes from Joey, our fave person who designed our Mm -hmm. merch, as you well know at this point. Yes. Um, And (laughs) they want to know, Barbie versus Bratz debate. (laughs) That's really,
0: That is so hard for us to.
1: Um, yeah. what do you think? I mean, who, what's that Nicki Minaj line who made the biggest impact? Check the spreadsheet. <laughs> I think for us we could say that they both have left indelible marks on our lives in some yes. way. But yes. I think the brats world for us is just like us it's like slightly more iconic to our childhoods
0: yeah i agree i think it's so hard because i feel like most of the barbies that we
1: really loved
0: were like disney barbies so it wasn't even like barbie barbie
1: yeah like we weren't obsessed with the character of barbie herself no but we weren't obsessed
0: with the characters of the brats either but we were into the life and the vibe
1: I think yeah,', so, yeah. I mean, more so, I think more so, okay, so yeah, I guess brats
0: too we've just we've been through too much with that franchise to not go down with them. It's true, so brats is the answer, yeah, thank you, Joey. I feel like you would probably agree.
1: For the next four episodes, actually, <laughs> I have done the notes, and yes. usually Hannah does the notes, but because of that, we're going to keep things switched up. So, Hannah, are you ready to get into the facts? Yes, I am,
0: and I am <laughs> ready for you to take me there.
1: Okay, here we go. So, Billboard Dad was released on November 10th, 1998, my roommate's birthday. <laughs> Ooh. Um, he was... Two years old, the day this movie was released. Wow. And it was labeled a direct-to-video comedy, (laughs) which is kind of funny. Not incorrect. Not incorrect. Yeah. Uh, It was directed by Alan Metter, who also directed Back to School, Police Academy, Mission Moscow, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and Cold Dog Soup. (laughs) I don't know what any what's of What's the caliber
0: is. of these films? Like, do we even know? No.
1: I, to me, right. they seem like 90s, uh, like, I just like no man things. No okay, man's land. I don't even know. And then it was produced by Neil Steinberg, who also produced When in Rome and So Little Time, which is the Mary-Kate Nashley very short-lived television show. Mm-hmm. Um If we ever did TV, it would be interesting to do that show because not a lot of people know that that existed.
2: Obviously, people,
1: yeah, people in our audience know, but like, yeah, the world doesn't know that they tried to have a show. And then he's also produced Married in a Year and the Steam Experiment. I don't know what either of those things are. And the
0: Steam (laughs) Experiment (laughs) sounds. (laughs)
1: Sounds uh, steampunk
0: inspired.
1: Yeah. Um, And then Billboard Dad was written by Maria (laughs) Mm Jacques-Metton. And she also wrote on Mad Men, Star Trek Enterprise, Relic Hunter, and Adventure, Inc. So we got some more real, real Mm -hmm. stuff up in there. Also,
0: you can tell, might I just say, may I say. We have two log lines for billboard dad. The first one is, twin girls advertise their single father on a Santa Monica billboard. Not horrible, a little bit lacking in specifics, but you know, that's how these things tend to be. And then the second one, two sisters, Mary-Kate Olsen, comma, Ashley Olsen, print a personals ad on a billboard to find a match for their newly single father. They don't print a personals <laughs> ad. They hand paint a personals <laughs> ad.
1: Close enough, I guess. Upsetting. Okay, and then, Audrey, will you read us this tagline? So the tagline, there's only one for Billboard Dad. It is, two sisters advertised to get their dad a date, dot, 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 and get a whole lot more. <laughs> Which is-
0: oh, yes, they do. Oh, yes, they do. It's, is that a threat? <laughs> I know it does sound kind of unpleasant.
1: And then, of course, we got to get into the cast, which is a whole lot of, I don't know who they are. And then it's Mary-Kate and Ashley, Um, which is common for their films. But we've got Ashley Olsen as Emily. We know. Do we even really need to go over it? Full House, It Takes Two, New York Minute, Double, Double, Toil and Trouble. She is the one that stopped acting before before Mm -hmm. Mary-Kate. And then Mary-Kate plays Tess, and she is known for, it takes two, Beastly, The Wackness, and New York Minute, um, because she prolonged her acting career by a few years. Wow. <laughs> um, and then this man, Tom Amandes, <laughs> Tom Amandes or something, a man. Yes. He plays Max Tyler, the father of Mary-Kate and Ashley. Uh, And he is known for The Long Kiss Goodnight, From the Earth to the Moon, Broke Down Palace, and Everwood. Literally question
0: marks exclusively.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I I thought I would pay him respects regardless. I I agree. I think that's a good call. Um, And then Jessica Tuck plays Brooke Anders and... For our audience, we're (laughs) going to know her from High School Musical 2 because she plays Sharpay's mom. And she's got a a bit of a role in the second movie. And I think she's slightly in the third movie as well. Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
1: And she's also in Super 8 and True Blood. And then Nigel, the (laughs) icon himself, is played by (laughs) Carl Banks, who's known for Grace Under Fire, Black Scorpion, In Love... In Living Color and Wing Commander. And then the last two I had to include just because Sam Saleta plays Ryan, who's the son of Brooke, and he was in The Little Rascals, but even more exciting than that, he is a he is an ADR voice in holes and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So basically what that means is if if you're watching a scene in Holes or Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and there's like a lot of crowds around or you can hear other voices in the background saying random stuff. Like it could Mm -hmm. be him. (laughs) So I love that. And then finally, Twink Kaplan. We gotta just talk about, it's funny because Twink Kaplan is the woman who plays the teacher in the movie, Miss Stoger, in the movie of Clueless. And we were just talking about the woman who played Miss Stoger in the TV show um, of Clueless. So to come across her here, realize her name is Twink (laughs) (laughs) Kaplan. It was just, it was great. She's also in the FX show, the Ryan Murphy show, Feud, Bet and Joan, which is, like, perfect. I don't know who she plays, yeah. but I love that she's in it, but yeah. And she is, like,
0: extremely memorable and good in this movie, too. Like, I don't know how she ended up getting this part or whatever, but um, very memorable. She makes so a role her own. She does. And we will talk <laughs> about her more in the second half, I am sure. But okay, so normally Audrey would take us into the numbers, but it's my job today. So, budget. We don't know the budget because this is information that only those inside Dual Star, aka Mary-Kate and Ashley's production company, can know. But we do know that Dual Star and Mary-Kate and Ashley's assets are worth an estimated $1 billion dollars so yeah and considering the fact that we owned this and we weren't even Mary Kate and Ashley stands I feel like that's kind of all you need to know like
1: yeah these movies got into the homes of people that didn't even know what they were buying like it's just like one of those things where I feel like people would buy it if they knew young girls they'd just be like okay yeah I don't know Mary Kate and Ashley
0: and we'll talk about this Well, I guess we could talk about it now. We got this movie in a three-pack, in this bundle three-pack, the same one that we got Passport to Paris in. And so I'm sure they were like, okay, let's put three Mary-Kate and Ashley movies together for like 20 bucks, smack it in Sam's Club, and it'll be a dream. And clearly it worked. So good for them. Business people, potentially above all. Not that they would have made that exact decision, but maybe they did. Who knows? So now getting into the reviews. So there's no official critic score on Rotten Tomatoes because it was a direct home release. Um, But there's one review on Rotten Tomatoes, and we're going to count that as the critic consensus. And this is what they say.
1: It is the critic consensus, but there's just one critic. (laughs) Okay.
0: So this is the critic consensus from the one critic. Nine-year-old kids may sit through it and have fun, but nine-year-olds would also eat french fries 23 hours a day if their parents didn't force them to try something more nutritious. <laughs> okay, I feel like that's a little bit slanderous, but...
1: At least it's kind of funny. Yes. And then for the audience score, it's it's coming in at 48%, which is not very I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. <laughs> And the audience ratings are so funny. Like for Mary-Kate and Ashley movies, it's just, they're all over the place. So I put, like, I have this running list. I'm just going to go through them. So somebody says, so did they paint that billboard or what? I never understood when I was seven. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody said, I will never forgive myself for selling this great movie at a garage sale. I loved every second. This is one of my favorite ones, dot, 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 sadly, dot, dot, dot. Wow. (laughs) Not the girl's best scheme, but it works. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody called it a subversive and twisted movie, (laughs) (laughs) which I think they're just being funny. Um, Yeah. Somebody said, loved it, Olsen twins. Only you could take a shitty, cheesy idea and turn it into greatness. (laughs) And then two more. Around seven years ago, I went to Blockbuster for Big Daddy and got this one (laughs) instead. All I remember was it wasn't Big Daddy and it wasn't good. (laughs) And then the last one, call me special, but I like this movie. (laughs) Wow. Okay.
0: (laughs) So there's a lot of opinions in these reviews, and it seems like not everyone can even remember it all that well, which is relatable for us. Kind of the vibe. It really is. Oh, my God. Okay. So gossip section really fast. This is 1998. This is pretty early for the sleepover cinema canon. So here's just a couple headlines from the year. Top celeb stories of 1998. George Michael was arrested for lewd conduct in public. Tony Braxton went broke. Gary Coleman punched a woman. <laughs> Oprah Oprah sued the US beef industry. No, sued Tom, by the US. <laughs> oh fuck. Oprah didn't sue the entire industry. Oprah was sued by the US beef industry. And then Tommy Lee was jailed for beating up Pamela Anderson. And uh, President Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, that scandal broke. There's a lot going on culturally in this moment. Not like there's really ever a moment where... Tons of shit isn't happening, but this one feels particularly potent. So that's the vibe. If you want a more comprehensive Mary Kate Nashley timeline from us, you can go back and um, listen to the New York Minute episode. I'm pretty sure it's the one where we do like a little history of them. Um, not that you like need us to tell you the history of Mary Kate Nashley. Like, I'm sure you <laughs> know it. Or like, you, it's not like we are not the preeminent scholars on the topic. But anyway, Audrey. What do you remember about this movie, this time of life? What what do you have associated in your mind with this movie?
1: Well, as we said, we got the three Mary-Kate and Ashley movies in a pack, and they were van movies. So, yes. basically, I was chomping at the bit to watch... <laughs> Any of the three, I think if I had to rank them, another hot take, it's definitely <laughs> Passport to Paris, Billboard Dad, Switching Goals. That has to be the yeah. order. And so because of that, I feel like we we watched this one a lot, a lot, a lot. So when it when I'm actually yes. watching it, I can just say it, like, as it's yes. happening. And there are so many lines that I love. I don't know if we should save them for the second half. You should but save them.
0: You should save it.
1: So many good lines and I just thought they were cool girls, you know? Even though they like are it was cool girls. Even though it was already like kind of late or like it was already sort of old kind of i don't know like yeah in a way by the time we were watching it it felt a little bit outdated maybe
0: yeah well because i don't think that we got these until maybe like 2005 or so so they were already like the internet isn't a thing in this movie
1: yeah like new york minute had probably already come out by the time we saw this probably or it was like around
0: the same time yeah
1: So, but yeah, they're just cool. I don't know. I like them.
0: (laughs) All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you what I remember. So first of all, the dad always seemed hot and Brooke also seemed hot. Yeah. Very compelling adult characters. I also remembered this movie also sort of feeling like it wasn't about the kids. It was about the adults. In a way that's very similar to um, the Parent Trap, but less less Parent Trap and more um, life size. It reminds me mm. of that. Max Tyler's knockoffs, knockoffs, no, no, no knockoffs. <laughs> always, always. That is at the top of mind for me. The diving team being weirdly a big deal. I remembered that before I watched it. And the opening when they're like skating around or I guess the one girl skating around. The, yeah, yeah. I have so much to say, but those were the things that I could really remember. And also that I just felt like this was a weirdly grown up movie. Mm -hmm. And I still kind of feel that way. So we are eager to talk about it. We will take our break now, though, so we can save all that for the second half. How did you watch this movie?
1: I like bought it. For $3 or rented it. I mean, so did I. So yeah. basically, like if you're sitting at your Apple
0: TV and you just say Billboard Dad, it will offer you a cost effective option. um So go get cozy, maybe um make some eggs that you've shook up in a plastic <laughs> bag and then sit there and eat them, or maybe some ice cream sundaes with nuts. We and lost the
1: whisk. <laughs>
0: And we will debrief very soon. We will be right back.
2: Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play.
1: There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on.
2: Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry.
0: Emotion is our first language.
2: And so many others who are defining popular culture. From Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Back on Sleepover Cinema, about to get into 1998's Billboard Dad, a direct to home video classic starring none other than Mary Kate and Ashley Olson. I have been dying to do this movie for such a long time, and I'm so happy we're finally here. I have a lot of notes. <laughs> yeah, I Hannah, have a lot written down.
1: Hannah's been pushing for this one for months. <laughs> um, I think I just, I just needed to feel that enough time had passed that we could do another Mary-Kate and Ashley movie. And now, now yes. is that time. So why yes. don't you just go into appreciate? All right. Things under appreciate,
0: there's a lot. Okay, this is kind of just, this is almost like a notable thing. But at the very beginning, when she, Tess is the one talking, right? Or is it Emily? I don't know. I think it's Emily. <laughs> Emily's like, I'm good at this, and my sister's good at this. I do X, and she does Y. She likes boys, and I and – I was like mm. – she was like, like boys. And I was like, oh, my God, what if she had been gay? That would have been fun. Okay. That was my first thing. Stupid. Get that out of the way. Um, the acting chemistry between the dad and the daughters is excellent.
1: Yeah. It's actually good. <laughs> Usually – Usually it's like whatever, but I feel, I actually do feel it in this one. And
0: not to get controversial again, but coming off of what a girl wants, it's nice to see some normal ass (laughs) father-daughter acting (laughs) appreciating that for sure. Also, I guess it never really struck me that like the social group and like the context of Max Tyler and his family is like weirdly elite, Yeah. It's like, he is a professional sculptor with an agent, and that's all that happens. The mom was a ballerina. Like, this is like some upper crust. Like, did they come from money? I want to know. Like, where's the family wealth? I just have questions about that. Well,
1: I never realized either um, that—it just never hit me, like, when I was younger, that Cody is also rich, because Cody yeah. had an au pair and Cody is yes. going backstage at No Doubt and his father's yeah. some kind of executive at like a record label. Like I just didn't yeah. put that together. Oh, so. yeah. No, the, I think that the the
0: dad may even be a performing artist because later on they're like, my dad got a billboard on Sunset Strip and he went triple platinum overnight. I'm yeah. like, first of all, a billboard wouldn't do that. But... um. They are, like, Gossip Girl-level elite, but in, like, the boho, like, California way, which is funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love the score in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love how consistent it is. I love that it's the same emo music every time the mom comes up with, like, the yearning, like— accordion shit almost. Yeah. I don't even know what that <laughs> instrument is. I really loved the line, his anguish keeps you in Armani.
1: <laughs> I wrote that down too.
0: <laughs> like, excellent writing. Thank you, screenwriter.
1: When I tell you that our notes line up exactly, I'm not I'm not really? joking. Literally, my first note was, Tess like boys and I like boys. And then I said, is the dad hot? We need to know. And then I said, <laughs> I said the emotional score, LMAO, and then I said his anguish keeps you in Armani, like literally. Wow. Yeah. Okay,
0: well, you know what?
1: That just speaks to everything
0: about this movie because we've had such a shared experience like, with it as kids.
1: Yeah, like as a kid, I didn't know what Armani was. So when you, yeah. you know, when you're a kid and you hear a line and you don't know what they're referring to, it come like you think it's like a foreign language. Like you're just like, yes. I don't know what that yes. is. So I actually realized what that line
0: was. I had a similar experience too. Yeah. With uh at the end when he's like, Where is my meal ticket? I was like, <laughs> Oh <laughs> I get what he means now, but I didn't get it when I was a kid.
1: I just want to add that in movies like this and in Mary Kate and Ashley stuff, they love a freeze-frame voiceover.
0: They do. And they really do.
1: I'm not mad about it. It's just like. a really consistent stylistic choice. It is Um, really consistent. But yeah. I love it. I love the,
0: just the style of that. And like the you're probably wondering how I ended up here. Like that kind of thing. Love. Okay. I'm going to keep going. How have we never seen, until this viewing, the parallel between Brad and Raymond in Aquamarine?
1: Well... Brad
0: doesn't matter. I know, but it's the same thing, kind of. Yeah, kind of. It's way more minor. Yeah. But I'm just surprised that I never realized the trend of hot older guy lifeguards in these movies. Mm -hmm. Okay, side note to that. Okay, I also wrote down Freeze Frame, but specifically about Cody. The Cody introduction Freeze Frame was amazing. What was it? It was just like he walked in and did something embarrassing and then they freeze framed and explained who he was. Well, I just enjoyed that. Yeah,
1: but he goes he goes can really rock the shower. <laughs> oh yeah. Rock the what?
0: I got to work on my rhyming. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> oh yeah. Can really rock the shower. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. I cringed at that, but also it's burned into my brain, so whatever.
1: I bet I know what you're going to say next cuz I know the same
0: dude you look like a fish belly (laughs) i literally wrote that whole thing down but before we get to that i just wanted to say that the sandwich clerk radiates comfort yeah but she does. dude you look like a fish belly (laughs) perfect (laughs) that whole exchange is no notes no notes okay I've already talked about your mother always liked the nuts like 4,000 times on this yeah. show. But just the way that Mary-Kate and Ashley are like so excited to be like, we used to do this and now we're going to do this and now this. And the dad is just like emo spiraling and there's like zero connection between the two. I was just like, holy shit, this is, this is a, uh, a haunting portrait of a broken family brought to you by <laughs> Dual Star. <laughs> okay, I don't have that much more. I don't have that much more. Psychopeople.com, a beautiful line. When Twink Kaplan shows up and says, I'm looking for you, Dad. Also (laughs) perfect. (laughs) Um, And then last two things. The Mary-Kate and Ashley hairdos are perfection and they make you want to get bangs. Make me want to get bangs. And then last thing, screenplay is good.
1: Yeah, I mean, considering the usual fare um, yes I think it's better than average too like and it feels like a full movie like a lot of times you yes. you watch their movies and it's like it feels like half a story or like maybe 60 percent of a story yes but this one it has its beginning middle and end like I see it for them and yes the dialogue is pretty adult at times and it's like I don't know why this is for kids. but
0: <laughs> I agree. Totally. It kind of feels like watching this movie feels like when you're playing with dolls and you like make them do things that are like too grown up for
1: you. And you don't <laughs> and you like don't know what you're talking about anyway. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> it totally has that feeling. But then like watching it as an adult now, I was like. This kind of still holds up. Yeah, like, I was like, it's, it's
1: not what they're saying, especially like the conversations between Brooke and her best friend. I'm like, yes. Oh, these are good, I was actually. like, complex <laughs> writing? <laughs> yeah. I know. I had the exact same thought during those scenes. I was like, the,
0: believable.
1: But does it pass the Bechdel test? No. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but who cares? It's no, some I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's yeah. just funny. The bedroom Of the girls Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. clap-on, clap-off lights. I wanted those. Like, I liked the lighting concept in there. And then the only thing that I wrote down that wasn't said is that Nigel has Preminger-level evil energy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Preminger, you're right. Yeah, they, they don't make it subtle. No,
1: like he is playing a villain from another movie, like entirely. Yes. It's crazy. It's true. And like our like the scene where he's trying to sabotage Max by inviting a model, Uh um and then he goes, I'm thirsty. And then Max goes, I bet you are Like, as a kid, I did not, like, relate that to anything else. But, like, in this context, he's basically saying, like, you're thirsty for the woman. (laughs) It's so weird. That whole
0: scene was really weird. Okay, so where should we go from here?
1: I, I don't have very much in worse because I could say more into the dated problematic. But here's my main thing. Is it realistic okay. for these gals to be so happy, chipper and ready mm-hmm. for their father mm-hmm. to have a new girlfriend? Like that it's just not typical behavior. Maybe they maybe they're built different. Maybe they're evolved. <laughs> but like I don't think so. And but they're like I think what dad needs is a woman. <laughs> I know that line is so weird. Well, maybe maybe they are
0: built different because they're twins and they like have each other so much, but like he doesn't have
1: anyone? Yeah. Maybe that's it. I'm just like they are they're operating on a whole other level than most children, like I don't know. Yes.
0: The maturity level is high. Also, do they ever even say how the mom died?
1: No. It was a
2: I murder.
0: <laughs> I have questions. Was Nigel involved in the murder Nigel of their mother? Murdered. He could
1: have been. <laughs> for That's this the so, sequel we so need. So his art would be sad.
0: <laughs> oh my god, cuz he wants to keep him sad. Yeah. There it is.
1: Mm, yep. Okay. Keep going. And then the only the only other thing I put in worse and hey, we've been called out for this before, but listen, the the body doubles for the diving, it's like <laughs> An adult, like you went from a four foot child to an adult in in from one yes. shot to another. Yes. It's fine. I'm not mad about it. It's just funny.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So I don't really get how in the beginning
0: they're like in the freeze frame for Nigel. They're like, he's like family that just moved in and never moved out. And then in the next scene, they're like, that guy's fishy. He's like tuna salad. And I'm like, wait, but like <laughs> it. Is he fishy or is he your uncle? Like, I don't understand. Okay. There was that. You could be I don't both. get why. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I don't get why Mary-Kate Nashley bullied the shit out of that kid.
1: Yeah. I, it doesn't make sense. Out of
0: Ryan. It's like, it kind of reminds me of like, I know I used to have this tendency and I, maybe I'm still kind of having it, but it's like you bully someone who you think is going to bully you before they get the chance to bully you. Especially if it's like a random straight guy, you're like, let me just antagonize this person before it becomes a problem. I know that's like not good. I definitely did that in college, though. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's a whole other story. But I, I uh, it made me reflect on that part of my personality. Mary Kate and Ashley's acting is pretty fucking bad. In this yeah, one. it's pretty, <laughs> pretty bad. bad. But they're they're very cute though. So when Nigel gets the like the the nude model to come and do the thing, and then they like set it up so Brooke will come and like catch him <laughs> when she's like walking into the warehouse, and Mary Kate and Ashley are just standing on a random ledge <laughs> like glaring down <laughs> at her like condescendingly, just full nooch. I was like, holy shit, like that. That's a lot weirder than I remember it being. And then the line about the safe sex talk.
1: Yeah. I was like. Should we save that for the other part? Did really she like, just say that? Like.
0: I was like, we're getting a little real here. Yeah. Dual star. How many kids do you think tried to scramble eggs via plastic bag after watching this movie?
1: Probably not that many, but they probably thought about it. <laughs> I definitely thought about it. Fair. Fair, fair child characters who are producers
0: or announcers in movies—it's a green flag for me. They're <laughs> always, they're always the best characters. Yeah, I'm thinking about the e-girl from uh that one movie we covered. What
1: what is it? Um, it's a Cinderella story.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm also thinking of Allison in Camp Rock. Uh huh. I'm also thinking of the guy in Harry Potter who's the Quidditch announcer. Yeah. Green green flag across the board. And then last but not least, this is gross, so I don't know how you'll feel about this. But the part when they make out after all of the <laughs> dates is like a creepy child sexual awakening on par with The Sims.
1: Yeah, like it's actually, it's actually too much. Um, it's too
0: much for a kid's movie.
1: Why... It's like that was like their goal or something, which makes it even creepier. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just weird.
0: I totally agree. I'm like, wh- why do I need to see mounting sexual tension between two, like, 40 like year old adults?
1: People with children. Like, this isn't, this isn't like a girlish or boyish affair that's going on. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> no, this is like mature. Yeah. Like,. This is, um, this is, they are fucking yeah. for sure. They are fucking. <laughs> they basically tell you that they're having yeah.
1: sex. And like, yeah, they're adults. That makes sense. But like, why is it in, why is it, <laughs> why are they? Why is it so present? That's what I put in my dated problematic area yes. is why is there always so much underlying adult sexual tension in these movies? Like, yeah.
0: Do you want to just... Because I was going to say, I feel like the underlying sexual tension in Passport to Paris, for example, with the two adults is, like, not as bad as this because this one is, like, really believable, whereas yeah. the other one is, like, a little more cartoony. Mm-hmm. But... What else do you have in your dated problematic section?
1: Well, really the only other thing I have is it's that um, that sequence when Max yeah. is going on all the dates before he meets Brooke and the reasons as to why he, <laughs> yeah. he wants the check are, like, so varied. Also, side note, can we talk about how that whole thing is just,
0: like, a high school one act reduced into, like, a five-minute scene? yeah.
1: And he gets the check because a woman has armpit hair. He gets yeah. a check because a woman has earwax. I mean, that is a weird thing to bring up at a table. Yeah. But still. Also, you know what I noticed? That woman. What? Is the store clerk in *Legally Blonde*? Oh,
0: you're yeah. right! Wow, that okay. That's some sleepover cinema deep
1: knowledge. Yeah, when you know she's wow. like dumb blondes and daddy's plastic. Yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That was proud oh my of myself. God, wow! For that. Yeah,
0: galaxy brain moment. Yeah. yeah,
1: and just generally, like this movie does enforce a lot of. Stereotypes. Stereotypes, yeah. And just like how a relationship yes. should look and, you know, that sort of thing. But at least, you know, I guess if anything, it's like these people were divorced or lost their partner. They have children and they're dating. I guess that's like good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's very accepted in society. But, you know.
0: So is there a deeper takeaway of Billboard Dead? No. <laughs> 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 no, obviously not. No.
1: No, there's not, but here's my reason as to why it's worthwhile is hell yeah that some shots <laughs> and like some just like the quality of of the film like and I mean like literally like how it looks visually some shots I'm like why does this look like An indie film. Like, if a Mary Kate and Ashley film was an indie film, it's this one. Like, this is the one that I choose. And it's got this, like, think, think, like, tiny furniture.
0: (laughs) Bitch. Like, all right. I kind of see what you're saying. I kind of see what you're saying.
1: The family Mm. is artistic. Like, they're in this, like, kind of modern, sterile environment. Um, yes, quirky characters around. Yes, um, yes. it kind of you, you know what I do. You get what I'm saying. I do. I do. yes, I absolutely
0: see it. And for those who don't know what Tiny Furniture is, it was the indie movie that Lena Dunham made that basically got her girls. Yeah. Um. So we're we're kind of squealing as we say it because. <laughs> We can't help but invoke Lena Dunham and it this is it is what it is. Um I agree. If any of these movies would be that movie, it's this one.
1: If if any Mary Kate Nashley film could be like an A twenty four or IFC or neon release, it would mm-hmm. be this one. Yes. Um, and then also, yeah.
0: my only thing is, I feel like we've said very little about Nigel.
1: I mean, what is there to say other than the fact that he's playing a cartoon character and no one else is? <laughs> yeah, that's true. The, the whole art dealer scam thing.
0: There's a lot of... I guess, I, I, yeah, I liked how the remixing of shit is a, is a running theme as an audio person. The recording. <laughs> You know what I'm
1: saying? <laughs> I guess. The
0: doctoring, the doctoring of audio. I don't know. Yeah. I I just, I don't know why I feel the need to comment on, uh, on him, but I do. But I like your take. I think that this movie is
1: good. I think for, I mean, it's like, it's good for them. I don't know if it's good for a movie, though. Do you think it's good for a movie? No,
0: but I do. <laughs> I think the reason why I like it so much is because it really, it kind of goes back to a few things that I've said, that it really just feels, it's like that perfect amount of just a little bit too old for it to be like super exciting when you're a kid. Yeah. Um. And I respect its contribution to our lives in that
1: regard. It was trying to get us to elevate um, elevate to this level of maturity uh-huh, and film. Uh-huh. Film yes. tastes. Yes,
0: our <laughs> taste mean, was forged. They're drinking by this.
1: wine. They're talking about art. Like I mean. It's a mood, it, honestly.
0: It's a mood. Love this movie. Love that we got to talk about it. We still have one more Mary Kate and Ashley movie from the three pack to cover. We will cover Switching Goals at some point, probably not for a while. Yeah. Um. But I also can't wait to cover that one.
1: Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's got a
0: sports movie.
1: A young Michael Sarah.
0: <laughs> oh my God! Yes, young cameo Michael Sarah. Yeah, he goes. Um.
1: um <laughs> he's like, careful. I have. I have fragile bone structure. structure. A very delicate bone structure. Yes. Uh, Another sports movie that I got tricked into watching. But at least in switching goals, it's partly about being a lazy sports player.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We will take that for what it is, and we will circle back to that when we do the episode. I cannot wait. Hope you're enjoying the season so far. Oh, go see West Side Story if you haven't seen it. Audrey and I saw it. We cried a lot. It was really, really good.
1: Yeah. It was us. Go see it. And and, and we want good, qualified musical films to continue to be made. And this one is currently underperforming in the box office. So if you are able to go to the theater, (laughs) it is theaters only right now. (laughs) So if you are able to contribute... To the the craft and the art form, <laughs> you should. Um, we are not we as over cinema.
0: <laughs> we are attempting to single handedly <laughs> make up for the budget deficit just with our audience.
1: But it's about we've got about ninety million to go.
0: <laughs> we can do it. Um, we can do it.
1: But it was us and a bunch of women in a theater all openly weeping. And yep. what, it was awesome. what could be more beautiful than that? That is an environment that you want to be a part of, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> yes. So please go see it. Um, and also, don't forget our merch still exists. twopinkpictures.com slash shop. I personally pack every single package. So uh, if you want a little note from me, <laughs> that's a that's a cherry it's on a top perk. of the purchase. <laughs> it's a perk. Um. Okay, with that said... We will see you next week. We hope you have a good one. And uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Executive producer of this show is Michael DeAloya.
1: You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover-cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at twopingpictures.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at pictures, and would love to hear from you there.
0: And if you love Sleepover Cinema, if it's become a staple of your weekly routine or if it's a new show you've been listening to, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share an episode with a few friends, maybe
1: even both. We'll chat again soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I
0: am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, Next Best Picture. for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.